my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back. This is going to be a very unusual podcast because it is about women in leadership positions, like elected officials or some kind of position that a woman has, gives her authority. And I just love topics about women in leadership and how women get there. I've been the vice mayor of my city, an elected official. I was elected twice. I'm termed out because my city mm-hmm. where I live, we have term limits, which means after a certain time, you can't run again. You have to sit out for years or something, depending on where you're from. I have asked my guest, uh, who is also an elected official now, to be on this podcast. We are going to talk about how did both of us end up in the leadership positions that we are. This is like on the city level, a municipality, but we are voted in. Here in the United States of America, our cities have mayors. Everybody knows there's a mayor. Not everyone knows that along with a mayor are council members who are also elected. My city that I live in, we are what we call at large. We campaign to the entire population, which is about a quarter of a million people. There's other larger cities, say like Phoenix, where it's divided into districts. So you can only vote for the person running in your district because Phoenix has, I don't know, like two million people. (laughs) So it's just divided more into that way. My guest is a wonderful council member from the city of Goodyear, which is a part of Phoenix. So both of us live in the Phoenix Valley. Welcome to council member Laura Kano. Hi, Nora. Thank you so much for having me on. I have to say this is another first in a line of many firsts uh, that I've been encountering, but I I'm looking forward to talking with you today about uh, our our journey and and how it is interrelated. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Right, it is. And both Laura and I have had different paths to becoming leaders in our community, our cities. I had served on my city council as the only woman for years and there when I first got elected there was only one other woman on council and then I ended up serving with all men and male and I believe on your council you have both men and women is that true yes but we do have a majority of women our mayor and three council members are female and then so they're there because it's an odd number we have three men okay so that's great kind of a difference there between my city and and your city and and that's okay actually the men on my council they were all very respectful of me and it was a 
a really wonderful experience. Let's start with your journey. What got you started to even thinking about running as an elected official or as becoming a leader in your city and your community? That's a great question, Nora. My career was working with the city of Phoenix, where I had uh, almost 17 years of municipal experience being on the staff side. So I love my work there. I did human resources, which is uh, people and problems and people with problems. So it it really brought that human side to uh, working in in government and and learning lots of skills and and, and having a great deal of responsibility. So the majority of my career was was spent in the water services department, which is a very technical department. And so through my time there, learned a lot about water and wastewater and and things like that, which uh, I think were very advantageous to me uh, as I as I move forward. My story is a little unusual because it wasn't necessarily something that I aspired to. I was starting to look at retirement, starting to think what would life be like after I left my Monday through Friday job. And um, I had a friend of mine, Christian friend of mine, who said, you know, I, I think I see that in your future, you'll be in an elected position. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I couldn't imagine that that would be something in the possibility, but I, I considered it. Well, you know, it, it's interesting when there is a plan that is bigger than you and you don't even realize it, that uh, that message will be confirmed and as it was. And so I had other people, including my pastor, tell me the same thing. And so uh, it got me thinking about, well, maybe this is a possibility. Uh, sometimes other people see something in you that you don't see yourself. Right. And, and they speak into your life. And, and so I, I started thinking about that. But my dilemma was that I had no idea what steps to take, what would be involved, what what would I even do? And that was almost paralyzing at first. It's like, okay, people are, are, are calling out this that they see this in me, that I'm going to move to this new level of government service, but I didn't know what to do or or how to go about it. Right. And it's it really is wonderful when people say things to us and we need to be listening and not discount what people say to us, because that is also my experience as far as people saying, Nora, you should run for office <laughs> kind of and sometimes it's out of the blue and you're like huh i started keeping a journal of my friends that would say that to me when they said it my journey in starting is a little different than laura's in that laura worked for a city learned a lot about municipalities and how they work for me what i started doing is getting involved as a volunteer in different ways which I've been like a lifetime volunteer of all kinds of things. And I was doing it, though, to serve because uh, one way, for one reason. The other reason was my real estate business. I, I'm a natural networker, but also in order to get new clients, I needed to serve in some different ways. That's what I started to do because of my expertise. I was invited or appointed, I should say, appointed by the mayor 
to the city's neighborhood advisory committee. So there's, it was a committee of a few people. We're all volunteers. We're appointed to look over the neighborhoods, see how everything's looking in the neighborhoods. Are they safe places? Are they beautiful? Because a mayor and even the city council, they can't know <clears throat> excuse me, everything about what's going on in the city. So most, most cities and towns will have volunteer groups, their commissions, their boards that they have to help bring advice to take over some of the city responsibilities where it's just too much for the mayor or council and also the staff of a city. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing. So well, that- it also gives uh, citizens an opportunity to get involved and see how <clears throat> how city works. And yes. I know that being on, we really value our, our citizens who serve on these boards and commissions because they do real work. They do absolutely real work. And we went out into the neighborhoods and we would also encourage neighborhoods to do certain things to beautify their neighborhoods. We would have like a a grant to beautify their neighborhoods. It is work. And every commission is different. I was on the airport commission as an elected official. That took a different amount of time than when I was a volunteer on the neighborhood advisory committee. (laughs) And then mayor also appointed me to the four corner retail committee where there's a bunch of people from different industries. They got together to talk about the retail corners that were starting to uh, become blighted or we just wanted to head that off (laughs) prevent rather than we'll wait till it's wait until it's too late for that. So people started telling you to run for office. What did you start doing after that? Well, like you, uh, you know, I am a networker also, and uh, we, it turns out we have a mutual friend. And so uh, she had said, you know, I, I know somebody who is a council member in Chandler and I'll, I'll arrange, you know, I'll give you her contact information and you guys can meet up. So I called you and you were so gracious and we met for dinner and we t- talked about your journey and, and what it takes to, to, uh, to actually campaign and have to get yourself out there, get your name out there, get involved. And so that I remember that was a a very significant turning point for me. That was the first time I ever met you. Um, And then even since then, you would send me encouraging notes and then we would run into each other from time to time. And you always asked about how things were going for me. And you always stood steady as a resource for me and just to say how important it is to when you're trying something new or you're you're taking a step of faith out there that there are people who are rooting for you and willing to give you information uh to to help you uh move forward and so i just wanted i've told you before Nora, but i just wanted to thank you for being that woman for me because uh, i i didn't really know anybody who had done such a thing and so um, anyway, after I retired, I began to get involved in, in the city of Goodyear and I went to the Citizen Academy. Then I went to the Police Citizen Academy and you start to make connections. 
and I was uh, appointed to the Arts and Culture Commission, where I served almost three years, and then I was the chairperson for that, and so I would make presentations in front of council. Then I was appointed to the Citizens Water Conservation Committee, which my water experience really did come in handy, <laughs> uh, and uh, we, that was a two-year assignment, and we made a lot of recommendations. Um, I, I didn't serve in a leadership role in that one, but we did present to council. But also during that time, I would go to city council meetings in person uh, and sit there and I would watch how are how is the business of the city conducted from this side, Um, watching the mayor, how she interacts, how she responds to the public. Uh, You know, typically the public doesn't show up unless maybe somebody's getting an award or recognition or they're not happy about something. And uh, so I would watch the dynamics of the council and then for just persistence, I guess, uh, began to interact more with the council members and and staff and, and get to know people. Yeah, those are very wise words with what you're saying, what you did, which is what I tell my listener on our podcast, that you always want to ask questions. Find out what you need to know that you don't know. Get around the people who are where you're wanting to go, which is what Laura did. She was so sweet. She reached out to me. That's what we appreciate about mutual friends. You could ask them, well, who do you know that is in this position that I would like to have that might mentor me or give me some good ideas? Neither Laura or I had a clue, really. How do you even run for office or what's going on in cities that where I can serve or help. It it takes people with life. It is about people. She did the Citizens Academy, which was a way to interact more with some of the city, city stakeholders, learn about the city. There's so much to cities. People don't sometimes know well what what does a council member do or a city right. uh, do. I I when I was running the second time to uh, get on council and get reelected. I I did a video about well what does a council member do? A council person do? Mm-hmm. We take care of the water for the city, a uh, police department, the fire department, your city streets, the how the city develops, your city parks. There's a lot of things that we do for the city. It's it's very different than state government or the U.S. government. Cities officials are what we call nonpartisan, at least yes. here in Arizona. I'm really not familiar with other states. We're neither Republican or Democrat. It's not a, a thing like that when it comes to political parties. We do make policy, like maybe building codes or deciding what developments are going to be right for the city uh but we have staff we have like a city manager we have a lot of staff people so it it really is different i loved laura how you attended meetings to try to get to know council members see how the city works you know believe it or not i did not do that i did not (laughs) so we're all different right i did not attend those council meetings now i knew the mayor and council members because I was serving in the city. I was 
a board member on the Chandler Chamber Board of Directors, which was mm-hmm. a chamber. I'm, I'm a businesswoman. I love business. And that kind of networked me more. I was also on some nonprofit boards. And then you just start getting to know different people. For me, a big turning point was when I was at one of our chamber board luncheons, they sit the board members kind of where they want. They put your little name placard and you find it and you sit down. And and one time I was seated next to the mayor. I already knew him. We, We knew each other. And we just started talking about an upcoming election. And there are times when there are people running for positions. They would they are qualified. They would be great at what the position requires. And there's some other people they may not know what's really what the responsibility is. They they may not be ready. Right. They might have the heart to do it, but they might not be ready. That's that's how I'm going to put it. And sometimes there's people running that might be more they're just not ready. That's how I'm, I'm going to say it. And anyway, sometimes that happens. The mayor encouraged me to run. And I I didn't take that seriously. I texted my, my son on the way home. Well, I guess I'm going to run for the city council. As a joke. It was a joke. I was joking with him. But then the next day, I started getting phone calls. In fact, my son called me and said, hey, mom, what's going on? Because he was getting calls from council members and different city stakeholders. And I, Laura, I knew in that moment, okay, the Mm -hmm. mayor, I call it started a fire. That's, that's how I thought, okay, so then if he's behind me, wow, maybe, maybe I should do this. And maybe now is the right time. Sometimes there isn't a good time. My daughter was going to get married. Her, her wedding was coming up. When you (laughs) run for office, uh, person has to get signatures to get on a ballot. And I had six weeks to get over a thousand signatures. Oh my. (laughs) I'm going to my daughter's wedding. I'm in real estate. I'm single. I'm working. I'm so busy. (laughs) So but anyway, I I just knew in that moment and I believe God will set you up in your life or you might be doing something for one reason. Like everything I did as a Mm -hmm. city commissioner, I was, it was not even in my mind to run for office or be on city council. We had great people who are doing great. I'm I'm just not even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, boom, it was like a suddenly I am running for a political office overnight (laughs) And now what? (laughs) Yeah, now what? Because it's it's great to get a lot of wisdom. And now I did what Laura did. I started making calls. And what's really cool is if you're someone who is a good leader, people will rally around you. They Mm -hmm. will support you. Do you want to talk about how that happened for you, Laura? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it is interesting because I think especially when people are turning out, terming out and, and there are going to be vacancies, mayor and council, I mean, they're not trying to handpick, but they're also trying to look for people who would be, uh, who've been engaged, who've been, who've demonstrated a, a, an interest and a commitment and to encourage them in the process. And so 
in my case, the there was a vacancy. There, somebody was uh, on her last term, and she stepped down to go run for a uh, office at the state legislature. And so, at that point, the, there was an application and an interview process to fill her seat. And because I had served and because I'd been showing up and, you know, all those things, um, I think there were about 12 people who were who applied. And out of that, they interviewed four. I was the only woman who they interviewed. Wow. And um, and so it was a really interesting experience because. They don't just call you up and say you got the job. Oh, no, they had, because it's public business. They announced mm-hmm. it at a council meeting. Okay. <laughs> so there were four of us sitting in the audience that wow, night. And I yeah. got to look around and see who who was who also had applied. And uh, it was uh, on the council agenda. And so, you know, it, I just remember it was the last thing on the agenda. And and uh, they the mayor, you know, announced this uh, agenda item. And then she turned to one of my uh, or one of the council members and says, do you have a motion to make? And he said, yes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is that moment. And and he said, I make a motion that we uh, take Laura or accept Laura Kano, you know, as interim council member. And then it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is that moment when those words that were given to me that initially I did not believe, I mean, came, came to pass. It it was, I was appointed as a council member. And so I I finished a term for about a year. And then the next step was I needed to run in an election, which brought up a whole new set of, oh my gosh, how do you do this kind of um, circumstances? So again, it's it's reaching out to people I knew, people who, um, that knew people. Mm -hmm. And and that's pretty much how I found the people I worked with. I've got my close friends that is like, well, I don't know how to do this either, but I'll go with you on this journey. And I had just finished uh, a class at Leadership West. It's a year-long class. And Leadership West is... uh, it's it's a community it's a west valley driven program where they take uh they look for emerging leaders and they tell teach you a whole bunch of things and you network and then you have to do a project and my project ultimately was to run for an office which which i ended up doing but i had a ton of support from all my leadership west uh co you know uh uh, co-graduates and and plus it's a huge network of uh, alumni and so yes it it takes a village to do this this is in no way a one-person show for example the um, the the signatures alone is very daunting mm-hmm. uh, that that is a big big process and uh, then you have to raise money and that was something that was very hard for me because signs cost money and and doing you know inner Facebook ads cost money. And, and, uh, so yes, uh, flyers, flyers are tremendously expensive. I, I think about that every time I'm getting one in the mail right now, right. it's like, Ooh, that costs a lot of money. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's always nice when it's not your time to run or you're, you're done and you get these mailers, which I am like, okay, well, I'm, it's not my turn because you're right. It, does take a lot of guts, a lot of stamina. You learn new things to run for office, raising money. You have to do the ask. It's 
It can yes. be humbling, but it's needed and it's very important to do that. What you shared about being involved, and I've been involved in the city too, there are people that just come out of the blue that want yes. to run for a position without relationship. And I, I have a hard time with that. So it, we have a term for that. It's called carpet bagger. <laughs> oh, yes. Some, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> someone will run for an office or try to without having served in the community first, without having relationships. And they try to say, oh, I want to, I care about you and I want to serve. That is, that's not the way to do it. It's just, I strongly discourage people from doing that. I did tell someone who just came out of the blue and wanted to run that none of us had heard of. I I tried to talk to them to encourage them first serve in the city. Let us get to know you. And, Mm -hmm. and also the other thing too, what the person wanted to accomplish wasn't even what people do on a city council. It's not even our responsibility. Like we don't do things with education. We have no authority. That's school boards. That's the uh, uh, Department of Education in a state. And so they, they right. thought they're going to come and change what's going on in schools. And I, so there's kind of some misinformation. If if you have a leadership position, you have your eye on. I'm talking to my listener. Know what the responsibilities are first. <laughs> <laughs> before you try to go for that position. And I totally agree with that. And it, it, you're right. People think that if you work for the city, then you've got some say in your local education. And and we try to support our school districts yes. and, and, you know, partner with them and things. But we are not policymakers or uh, budget, have any budget impact on, mm-hmm. on their decisions. We don't. We do partner in a lot of ways, but we don't to support each other and work together. So that is something that that people do need to know. And you know, being a city council member, it's not quite as sexy as some of the other political positions that that people might be in. And one thing I want to share too, which was kind of a big aha when my son was in office, was it doesn't always take a position with the title that you have to be helpful or influential or make a difference. I, I've seen where sometimes, let's just take a, a position where there's a, a president of a group. They could have a, a deputy, a chief deputy or something who might have more power, more wisdom, and more influence, but we don't hear about that person. So we assume Sometimes we assume it takes a title to have influence, and that's not exactly true. So if running for office is not something any everybody wants to stomach, there's, there's ways to serve and lead. And the thing is, leaders are really servants. They are yes. serving their constituents. They are serving the people who are under them and in responsibility. And, and I respect people, elected officials, people in government, politicians who got there because they were serving people. And sometimes they're serving people, but the public doesn't know about it because it's not something you hear on the news. 
That that is very true. And in my case, I mean, as I was meeting people and networking and, you know, trying to raise money and things, people want to know why you're running. They want to know who you are and what's driving you. And I would get uh, support because people would find that the re- my reasons for running were uh, to benefit the community and it wasn't self-driven. Mm-hmm. And that makes a big impact because just like you said, people will run for all kinds of reasons. And a lot of it is to um, magnify themselves or get themselves on into a political, uh, it's a step to a political career and things like that. But without relationship, without serving first, um, people want to know what you've done, who who you are, what you've done, and and what your vision is. And, and and they're pretty discerning. If it's all about you, they're they're not not as inclined to support. Right, that is really true. And especially if we can get with those people. What I've noticed about politics and elected officials, there are because first of all, you you have to run a campaign. And there are actually people, they run a heck of a really good campaign, even though they might not be as qualified as another person who maybe isn't the best at campaigning. So campaigning is like marketing. And I I know a lot of elected officials and politicians, whatever term you want to use. I sometimes I say elected official because Right. It's not as divisive right now. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And just a little side note, this little bunny trail is most of us are really good people trying to serve and help and make a difference, but we don't often make the news. And sadly, the ones that make the news are the ones that maybe are scandalous or uh, problem people, okay? (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. They, They are corrupt. And they're the ones that make the news. And I'm just noticing now here in the United States is we're having starting to have this mindset that all politicians are that way. And that is not true. I know for my son, he has sacrificed himself to serve Arizona, to be a blessing and, and help our state to thrive and grow in the right way. And so uh, does he make the news sometimes? Yes, because he's had leadership positions, but there's, I see firsthand. And there are other people mm-hmm. in these positions where, they're good self-promoters and they're good campaigners, but they're not the best people to have in the position. And that is what we voters do struggle with is, wow, well, who do I vote for? Look at, if I just look at this campaign ad or their website, who doesn't sound wonderful on their campaign ads or their website? (laughs) Who doesn't (laughs) sound wonderful? And then there's the attack ads and we say, oh, we don't like those attack ads, but sadly they work. So that's why they are terrible. And we say we don't like them, but that's what happens uh, because they work. And what I tell people is talk to someone, you know, and trust who might have an idea who is running for office or or who is who kind of thing. There there will be somebody in your your sphere of influence that maybe will have more of a insider uh view of things mm-hmm. because it's not always what we are presented in the media because sometimes good news doesn't really sell. I, I'm i just going to do another bunny trail here. I had a reporter <laughs> call me one time about a vote that I had and I voted against a pay raise. 
Mm-hmm. And the way it works in, in my city is we'll have an action item that we vote on something. Then if it passes, even if you voted no at the next council meeting, it will come through on what we call a consent agenda because there's like a hundred items we vote on probably every council meeting because there's just little things like what's going to happen on a street corner or right. you know, that everybody's in agreement. We've got to fix that street corner. I voted no on the pay raise. And when that came through on the consent agenda, the next time I was so focused on a development that I thought was wrong for the city, <laughs> trying to, to not get that to happen, that I forgot it on the consent agenda. And that's what happens on the consent agenda. That's what's recorded. So now I recorded oh, as supporting the pay raise. And, and so a reporter called me about it. And I, I was talking to me, I said, you know, how come you guys don't report on things that are really hurting, like our children, like sex trafficking? That is so horrific. You're going to call yes. me and because I knew what he's going to do. He did. He twisted the story about my vote. In fact, he <laughs> anyway, the title, yeah. he put it in quotes. It was wrong. He's anyway. So but you know what he told me? He said, people don't want to know. They don't want to mm. know what's going on with children that are being trafficked and it doesn't sell and that's the thing is they and i understand they're a profitable business they have to i'm not saying understand but that's how it is and as consumers we've got to be careful what news we consume okay that was kind of Abs- a, a little bit well, absolutely <laughs> and the the thing too a lot of the city business is not glamorous it's pretty mundane i mean it's lights and traffic and roads and you know, construction projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of study. I, I yes. mean, you you get the information probably, um, you know, several days in advance and, and you get the documentation. And so you read and then you can ask questions of, of staff. And it's interesting because the public meeting laws, you just can't talk to everybody else on council. You, you can yes. maybe talk to one or two, but, uh, and then you have to make your own decisions. And, and so it, it's a very interesting process. And, and uh, sometimes I, I, well, I've had two no votes so far where uh, I've been the sole no vote on things that have uh, developments that have come up uh, to us because I didn't think it was in the best interest of Goodyear. But in a way, it was sort of freeing. It's like, okay, yep, I can vote against something and and it's okay. And, and, you know, nobody's mad. I mean, the fact is we all need to have different opinions and and looking at things too. We don't need everybody to be thinking the same way. No, we absolutely do not. That's why we have multiple council members and plus the mayor. Yes. I want to go back that of what you did to get into some leadership programs. And it, it is important to understand about leading. What does that mean? It's it's a learning thing to do. No one is born a leader where we all no. develop into leaders or not. When I look back into my life and I thought, how did I how did I get here? <laughs> I know. Uh, how did I get here? One thing I thought about that I never realized is growing up, I, my family, we went to church. We did go Uh to church. And it was in the church setting where we had, uh, our youth would have some different positions. Like you would be an event, you would plan events or, or you would uh, be sure you welcomed people or that kind of thing. And also I, 
in my church. I would help in the nursery or Mm -hmm. I taught Sunday school even as a child. I was a volunteer in our vacation Bible school. I did a lot of things in the church that actually helped me become a leader because we were taught to serve, to care about people, to help the poor and the needy. That's what I was taught in church to reach out to the lonely. And that also set me up for leadership, which I guess uh, that's, I, uh, we're just about to finish here. And so Laura, be thinking about something you might want to share that we haven't covered. I want to bring up uh, a book by John C. Maxwell. He's like the leader of leaders here in the United States. And he wrote a book that caught my eye. I was in an airport walking by one of those book stands and it says how successful people lead. And I thought, wow, what, what is that book? Taking your influence to the next level. Because I, even though I was vice mayor, I still had more to learn. And the book has five positions, five levels, I'm sorry, of leadership. The first is position. It's a great place to visit, but you wouldn't want to to live there. And that's where you actually have a position of leadership. The second one is permission. It says mm-hmm. you can't lead people until you like people. Mm-hmm. The third True. one is production. <laughs> Making things happen separates real leaders from wannabes. The fourth level, people development. Helping individual leaders grow, extends your influence and impact. And then the fifth one, I love this. This was new for me called the pinnacle. The highest leadership accomplishment is developing other leaders up to level four. So it's a great book. If you're looking for some book about, about leadership, how to develop leadership, it's basically mastering the ability to inspire and invest in people because you have to build a team that produces not only results, but future leaders. Is there anything you would like to share, Laura, before we finish this podcast of women in leadership and that inspiring and motivating? (laughs) Well, thank you uh, again for this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun having this conversation with you, Nora. And, you know, we've talked today about a journey of uh, private citizens going on to an elected official position, which, uh, you know, is big and, and, and beyond anything that we had ever done. But I just wanted to share that the steps that are taken when you're going to go up to some type of new level are applicable, regardless if it's going to be done something in the public sphere or maybe in some other setting, is that you want to talk to people who have done such a thing. You want to look to see what are the steps where you can begin to learn and to become involved, whether it's volunteer or paid. And then, uh, you know, you just have to just take a leap of faith sometimes and saying, I don't know if I can do this, but I, I'll, I'll give it a try. And, uh, you know, learn what you can and then do what you can and uh, make sure you've got people around you that, that uh, will be honest with you 
and help you along your journey. But uh, you know, many of us women, we have different stages in our lives. And we, you know, for me, when my regular career ended and I'm deciding, well, what am I going to do? Uh, then I really had to take this seriously and uh, actually put my feet to work, put actions to this this possibility. And so I, I just think it's, it's applicable no matter what it, it is, that next step that you're going to take. That is wonderful. A very good summary of our conversation. And Laura is the sweetest person. I just want to tell our friend listening, I when she met with me and she treated me to dinner, which was really nice, I I definitely adore her and was in awe of her servant heart and how she loves people and how she really cares about people. And that kind of person makes a good leader. And that's why Laura is where she's at. So thank you, Laura, for sharing. Thank you, Nora, for having me. Yes. And so for our listener, go to my website, womenstarting.com. I have some more of my episodes there. And then share your story. If you are a woman in leadership or you know a woman that has been in a financial hardship and has been able to become financially successful, if that's your story or someone else's story, Go on the website because I would love to know about you or know about them. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. As I've said in previous episodes, I'm just starting my my social media pages. It's uh, taken me some time. So let's uh, join those so we can get more women who can hear about this podcast and, and get help in their lives. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.